concepts together. Wonder what happened to that guy, huh? <laughs> he he went to the cross. That's the same guy? Yeah. So what you're saying is baby Jesus is the same as cross Jesus? Yeah. I mean, there's some time in there, right? I mean he he grew up, he taught people, he lived a perfect life. He died on the cross and came back to life, and you know, now he lives in our hearts. That's the same guy? The Jesus that lives in our hearts? Uh, 
Okay, I was really, oh, wow. Okay, I never really put all those guys together, you know? Only one guy. I tell you this, there's an idea. Maybe we stop just making Christmas all just this once a year isolated thing, but we make it an ongoing story about the salvation in our hearts and lives. Up top. That's the idea. Groton Bible Chapel. Merry Christmas! I'm Jeremy Vorse, the youth pastor here at GBC. And I am Megan Hartley, the director of GBC Kids, and we are so excited that you are here to join us tonight. We're going to spend a fraction of a minute calling out the elephant in the room. This is probably not the Christmas you all planned for, that you all hoped for, you all prayed for, but it is the Christmas that God planned. So whether you're here in person or you're joining us online at home, uh, let's be honest. Some of us are already thinking of the next things we have to do, whether it's a family get-together going on later, or maybe you're hosting people at your house, or the presents that you still have to wrap, or dads, the presents you still have to buy right after we leave here, um, or maybe it's all the things going on tomorrow morning. Uh, that it's so easy to lose track of the here and now. And so we really want to just invite you to be present now. And with that, let's stand and worship. Oh, Merry Christmas, everybody. We are excited to be here. Let's just sing this with me. Let's worship our Lord today. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. I'm shepherds kept watching, oh silent flocks by night. Tell it on the mountain that Jesus 
Christ is Lord.
God. You guys can have a seat. All right. So before we get started with the slightly more traditional Christmas Eve stuff, Jeremy and I, knowing there's some kids, some teens in the room, wanted to test your knowledge about how much you actually know what's going on with some of the Christmas stuff that we just kind of go on autopilot for. And to be honest, some of these questions are very challenging. So we are going to ask you whether you're in person here or online, don't cheat. Don't ask Alexa or pull up Siri, Google search these things. We just want to test your knowledge. And we thought it would be really fun to have a little competition here of people that are in-house versus those of you that are watching at home. So Megan is gonna represent you in the crowd. Meanwhile, I have my phone right here. I'm going to be muttering our social media, and so type in your answer. So if you're sitting on the couch, quick, go to the computer, pull out your phone, hop on social media, answer these questions, and we'll see which group wins. Are you guys ready? All right, let's start out with a fairly easy one, you know. What does in excelsis deo mean what does in excelsis deo mean let's put 30 seconds on the clock go 30 seconds all right people are starting to chime in online we got multiple people wishing us merry christmas online merry christmas cindy wills we see you oh we got some people over here that want to answer come on online people we need you no, that is not what that means, by the way. 10 seconds left, oh boy. Oh boy. All right, two, one. Megan, you gotta come back up on stage. I'm coming, I'm coming. All right, Megan, what did you hear from the crowd? Uh, I learned that, I hope I get this right, that most people don't know Latin. Don't um, know Latin. But somebody, over here did have the correct answer, but only one person. All right, we got a few people online saying it means in something day, God on high, God in the highest. The actual answer is glory, glory to God, God in, in the, the highest. highest. All right, let's be honest, who knew that? Who knew that? Quite a few of you, I'm oh, impressed. Two. All right, Megan, in you wanna ask? People, that's, that's a win in our category. Megan, you wanna ask this next question? Yes. Who would not have seen Jesus in the manger? This, this one's multiple choice. Multiple so. choice. Ready? Here are the answers. Joseph, Bo the donkey, for those of you that have seen the star, or the animals, the wise men, or the shepherds. All yeah. right. Only a few seconds left. Few people are answering at home. Thank you, Denison family, for answering. We'll see if that one's correct. Quick, get those answers in. Prescott, we see you at home. Thank you for answering. What do you think? Oh boy, it's gonna come down to the last minute. Megan, you gotta come back on stage. Time's up. In people, in person people, you gotta work faster. I have heels on, Jeremy. 
The in-person people. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Their, their answer was C. C. Hands went up across the room. C. All right. Online people, there were a few B's and D's, but overall, the majority said C. The actual answer was... Well, oh, if I can click on, it with my there knuckle. There we go. C. C. For those of you that know Jesus would have been visited by the wise men probably a few months to a few years later. So they wouldn't have seen him Kids, men, in that's the your nativity. Sunday school lesson this week. All right. This next one is can you complete the lyrics to the song, It Came Upon a Midnight Clear. We all know that song, It Came Upon a Midnight Clear. Here are the lyrics that we want you to finish. From angels bending blank, 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 to touch their harps of gold. What are the three blanks? From angels bending, blank, blank, blank. 30 seconds on the clock. Let's see those answers online community. Monty family, thank you for joining us. Answer the question though. We need those answers. Hello, Hernandez family. Oh, we got, we got a few answers. Oh, these look like right answers. Three, two, one. Megan, how, how'd the in-person people do? Jeremy, nearly everybody got it correct, which means you and I need to brush up on our Christmas carols. Megan and I struggled with this one, we'll be honest. Everyone online is getting this correct. It is near the earth. Megan and I were like, how can there be three blanks? It's probably just over, but no, that wasn't the case. All right, Megan, next question. You want to answer it or ask it? All right, it? next question. About how far was Mary and Joseph's journey to Bethlehem? All right, about how far did they have to travel? This is in terms of miles. In terms of miles. Meters do not count. We don't do meters here. Hello, Cameron family. I bet you guys know this answer. Mandelberg family, I don't see an answer on here yet. You gotta step up your game, Mandelberg family. There's so many of you. Monica, I said in miles. Monica, miles, not years. Also, it wouldn't have taken them two years. That's like four pregnancies right there. All right. Megan, come back up on stage. We got like two, we got 10, we got 60, Two, 100. 60, 100. It's a wide got, variety of People answers. are all over the place online. We got 200 miles, 100 miles, 300 miles. Monica Wiggins said two years. I don't know what the equation of that. Monica, I'm trying here. You didn't respond back again. Um, who, who do you think will have traveled farther? At the end of the service, do you think my Apple Watch will tell me I traveled further than Mary Megan Joseph? is traveling as far. So the actual answer is roughly 90 miles. To equate it, it's about the distance from here to Boston that they would have had to go, just so you guys know. So families, they feel like you, you have to travel a far there. distance later. Imagine hopping on a donkey later, going up to Boston. Ooh, no thank you. All right, next question. This one. If people can answer this, you know, I, I just feel like I got to brush up on my songs. But state any part of verse 2 to O Holy Night. There is, in fact, a verse 2 to O Holy Night. Online people, don't be cheating. 
I, I see you on your phones. Don't look online. What is any part of verse two? We'll accept any part of verse two. What part do you know of verse two? Come on, Katie, you sing. Katie Mandelberg, you should know verse two off the top of your head. Hernandez, where are you guys? Stevie, Alex, you guys should know this answer like off the top of your head. I don't see you answering yet. We need an answer. Oh, I forgot to put the timer for this one. I'm, I'm gonna just make Megan run around a little bit longer then. <laughs> oh, here are a few answers. All right, Megan. Something skies, blah, blah, blah. Something skies, la, la, la. I hey, like that transition. there's more words than the virtual viewers. All right, we got truly win. he has taught us to love one another. Long lay the world. No, that's verse one. Um, so here are all of the lyrics to verse two. You don't want me to sing it. I, I'm telling you, there's a reason why we have Johnny up on stage all the time, not me. Um, so if you got any of that, congratulations. You are much smarter than we are. I didn't even know this verse existed. All right, Megan, you want to ask this next one? All right. Who did Mary go to stay with after she was visited by the angel? Who did they go visit? Timer. Thank you, Gary. This is why we keep Gary on staff. He leads us. There we go. Timer's on. Let's see, online community. Can you guys get this one? Who did Mary go to stay with after she was visited by the angel? Oh, a few people online getting it correct. This is good to see. Calderman's awesome job. Oh, wow. These people are getting, like, precise on this. Like, not just, like, one-word answers. They're throwing verses at me now. Makes me a little suspicious here if they're, if they're cheating. I'm, I'm not saying my group's cheating. I'm just saying God sees all. But, all right, Megan, what, what did your people say? Majority consensus, Elizabeth and Zachariah. Elizabeth and Zachariah, that was what everyone said online. Her cousin, Elizabeth, people were throwing verses at me. Um, so I hope those were right because I can't do 18 things at once. Cameron family, you got it in at the last possible second there. So I, I think that was a pretty close one. I think we got to go to the tiebreaker round. I, th I think, so this is probably the hardest question that we could possibly find. We I even asked Jeremy we Gary. Gary did not know this answer. I, I'm throwing him under the bus. Um, let's see if he can remember it from our, our practices earlier. But what year was the first Christmas celebrated on December 25th? When was the first Christmas celebrated on December 25th? What year was it when that was celebrated? I feel like Tyler Cameron's gonna know this. Tyler, Tyler would know this off the top of his head, I feel. What are those answers? Come on, online community. We need you. What is the answer? Three seconds left. Prescott's not even a guess. They, they just shrugged, which to shrug online, that's impressive. All right, Megan, what, what, did, what did your people say? Monica, you totally cheated. Guys, calling her out. Monica's a cheater. She, she looked um, this up. 
They said it over here, and then I ran over there and heard other answers, but it was the closest because they said in the 300s. In the 300s, that is correct. The actual answer is in year 336, the first time Christmas was celebrated. So guys, well done. For those of you online, thank you for playing along. And we will continue with the next part of our service. All right. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. This first registration took place while Canarius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee, to Judea, to the city of David, which was called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David, to be registered. Along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. In the same region, shepherds were uh, staying out in the fields and keeping watch uh, at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to the people who he favors. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all of these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told.
Thank you both so much, Eric and Shauna Beth. Can we say thank you to the band as well, Jeremy and Megan? You know, it's been, it's, been a, it's been a great night already, and we're just getting started in some ways. And uh, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. We're so glad that you are here or here. 
Uh, we are grateful to be gathered together as a whole church family. And I'm so thankful in this year in particular that we have a team that solves problems. And as this year has unfolded at each season, at each new set of services, uh, to see our team rally together and come up with solutions. It's just, been a, it's just been cool to be a part of that, so really grateful. Uh, if you don't know who I am, my name is Gary Campbell. I'm the lead pastor here at GBC, and it's my privilege tonight to share with you from uh, God's Word. And uh, we're going to look at a brief message this evening, sort of around this theme of Noel. Noel. You know, we've been singing that word. We sang the song, The First Noel. And uh, I spent a little bit of time looking at what does the word Noel mean? And it's fascinating because the, the roots of the word Noel come from French, Latin, and ultimately English. But the roots of, of, the, of the words that kind of bring us to Noel uh, mean things like news or even good news or shouts of joy or, or exclamation and certainly uh, the idea of birth. But Noel itself as it comes to us in the English somewhere around the 1200s, and it's then later translated in the 1800s, comes through the song that we sang tonight, the first Noel. And it is connected directly to the historical event of the incarnation of Christ. In other words, Noel in the English means the birth of Jesus. So we are singing those words tonight, the first time here. I was just thinking of Christians down through the centuries, singing those words, proclaiming the goodness of God in the coming of his son, Jesus. So the roots or the meaning, the very definition of Noel is Christological, if you will. It refers to the incarnation of Christ. So as we sing, Noel, 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 born is the king of Israel, we resound this call down through the centuries, as it were, we repeat it tonight of the blessed good news of the promised Messiah who's come. And a Messiah who came with a purpose. And so I, I've sort of been asking myself the question, it's what we posed in our little video the other day, what is it about the birth of Christ, about the Noel, the coming of the incarnation, that the carol writers and even those who preceded them, the early church fathers, what is it that they wanted us to know? What was passed down? Well, it comes to us in some ways in the very last verse of the first Noel. It reads this way, and like Jeremy, I will not sing it to you. It says this, Then let us all with one accord sing praises to our heavenly Lord that hath made heaven and earth of naught, and with his blood mankind has bought. Now just note really quickly what the carol writer does here. He equates God who creates heaven of and earth of naught, of nothing. In the Latin it would be ex nihilo, out of nothing. With the same person who purchases mankind with his blood shed on the cross. In other words, this carol proclaims not just a baby born, but a baby born as God Almighty who gives his life, sheds his blood for the forgiveness of the sins of mankind. That is the message that the carol writer wanted us to note. It's the message that we sing again and again at Christmas, yes, but even throughout, throughout the year. So our text for tonight is a little verse in John's letter, not John's gospel, 
John wrote five books in the New Testament, and one of his first little letters near the end of the New Testament, 1 John, he is concerned in this letter about distinguishing and making very clear the uh, perfect, uh, the uh, 100% humanity of Christ and the 100% deity of Christ. He's, his concerns are completely Christological, if you will. And so near the middle of the book, in verse uh, 14 of chapter four, he says this. He says, we have seen, now John was an apostle, right? He walked with Jesus. He knew Jesus. He watched Jesus for three years. We have seen, he says, and testify that the father has sent the son to be the world's savior. John says, we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son to be the world's Savior. Noel. That's what John is saying. And by the way, earlier in his, in his letter, John says, what we have seen, what we have heard, what we have touched with our hands, him we make known to you. So John is restating his thesis here. In fact, that's what we are to do. We are to be the proclamation of Noel. God come in the flesh to give his life as a ransom for many. Paul says in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, his second letter to the church at Corinth, he says, you yourselves as people, you yourselves are Christ's letter, not written with ink, but written with the spirit of the living God, not written on tablets, tablets of stone, first century, not iPads, not written on tablets, but on human hearts. We are Christ's letter. We are the proclamation. There are two ways in which God has made the message of the gospel known. Through his inerrant word, the Bible, and through his church, his people. So if you are here tonight or you're gathered, you're tuned in online, and you have yet to trust Jesus for your salvation, we, the church, are proclaiming him to you again, Noel. A baby born to die. So I want to look this evening very briefly at what John is proclaiming specifically. I want to take just a couple of minutes and say, all right, John, you said what you have seen, you testify to. And then he says four simple things. God the Father sent the Son to be the world's Savior. So we want to look at each one of those. And we want to take a little time this evening and make it really clear. And simply ask ourselves, have we received that message into our own lives? this year. Jerry Bridges, I think it was the first person who coined the phrase, preach the gospel to yourselves. Now, in some ways we're doing that. In some ways we're proclaiming that to maybe to you if you're tuning in or if it's your first time in a long time. And God wants to refresh the message of the gospel for you. So we begin with God the Father. God the Father sent the Son. God the Father sent the Son. The Son didn't just come of his own volition, but God the Father sent the Son. And why is that important? Because for some of us at times, we tend to separate God the Father from the Son. If you're honest, and I do this in my own life, I tend to think, you know, okay, God the Father, he's the one who's sort of like superintending everything and he's the vengeful judge. Jesus is the one who's benevolent and kind and forgiving. Nothing could be further from the truth. God the Father and God the Son are not disparate in their purposes in, in bringing about our redemption. The sending of Jesus Christ to earth as a baby and ultimately... The sending of the Son to the cross comes from the very heart of God the Father. All right, kids in the room, this is your time. You could just shout this out. You could tell your moms and dads at home, what is the most famous verse in the Bible? Shout it out. The most famous verse in the Bible. 
I heard it, I heard it. I don't know if you've had a chance to talk about it in your homes. It's John 3, 16, also written by John. And what does it say? It says, for God so loved the world. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. That whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God the Father loved you enough that he sent his son. That brings us to the second phrase. God the Father sent his son. He sent his son. We spent four weeks talking about a son who was sent, the son of God sent. You may remember our verse from Galatians chapter four, verses four and five, that when the time came to completion, when the time was just right, when God sovereignly determined that now is the time, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law. That's you and me, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Jesus comes as an act of loving obedience to the Father because he too loves you. Hebrews says that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What was the joy set before him? Well, theologians have played around with that for a long time. I'll submit to you one of the things that is included in the joy set before him is our redemption. It's our redemption. Christ comes as an act of loving obedience to the Father. So God, the Father sends the Son as the world's, and we'll stop there. Who is the world? Who is John referring to when he says the world? When John writes his gospel and says, for God so loved the world, who is he talking about? In the New Testament, the world can mean a bunch of different things. Sometimes it means the planet, sometimes it means all of us, but John is writing here to Christian believers defending the deity and humanity of Christ about, and when he says the world's savior, he's talking about a separate group, a different group, another group. And that's those of you tonight who have yet to trust Jesus as your savior. You are included in the world that God sent his son for. So perhaps you came here tonight with the expectation to hear or maybe even to participate in singing some beautiful traditional songs to light a candle together with some family members, which we're going to do. And yet tonight, what you're getting is that you are the target of the love of God expressed in the sacrifice of the son of God. Let me say that again. Don't miss this. You are the target of God's love expressed in the self-sacrifice of his son, Jesus, because of his love. God, the father sent the son to be the world's savior. Lest you be mistaken, you need a savior. I needed a savior. We cannot save ourselves. We cannot heap up enough good stuff to outweigh our bad stuff. In fact, Isaiah in the Old Testament, he says that, and I love the King James here. He says, all our righteousnesses, all our good stuff, all the good that we do is like filthy rags. Why? Because you and I know if you're honest with yourself that in every little good thing that I do, there's a little bit of a taint of my own sinful flesh, my own desire, a desire for recognition, or there's always a little of me in even the best things that I do. You see, we, each one of us is part of the sin problem. 
Yet every single one of us suffers under the sin problem, and yet none of us has the solution to the sin problem. Isaiah chapter 9 talks about sin as a yoke, using a farming illustration, a yoke that burdens us, or a rod across our shoulders, or the rod of an oppressor that beats us. God sends Jesus to redeem us and to free us. We talked about on Sunday that if we have offended and rebelled against an infinitely holy, infinitely majestic, infinitely other being, then our punishment due is also infinite. But God loved us. God the Father sent his son to be the son, to be the world's savior. We talked Sunday about adoption, spiritual adoption, pictured in Roman adoption. One of the things we didn't talk about on Sunday is that the word adoption specifically relates to the the person being adopted, being someone who has no inheritance, no property rights, no standing, no nobility, coming into a family that has all of those things. So adoption, it was a different word for someone who had a bunch of means and came into a family. Adoption was the word used for someone who had nothing, who came into a family that had everything. That's you and me. We bring nothing to the table. How to illustrate this. I was watching the most recent animated version of the, of the movie Cinderella with my daughter about a month ago. And you know, as I, as I get older, I get choked up on the silliest things. Near the end of the movie, there's this scene that's so powerful that I got choked up. Okay, guys, sorry, it's Cinderella, whatever. I'm with my daughter, okay? But we're watching Cinderella near the end of the scene, you know, Prince Charming finally after scouring the countryside, he finds the girl, he puts the slipper on, it fits. There's this moment of jubilation and just expressions of joy. And then there's this little dialogue that's a little odd. It's almost like a contract negotiation, not quite, but it's a conversation about expectations. And Cinderella says this to Prince Charming. She says this, she says, Will you have me as I am? A poor country girl with no dowry to pay and no family of standing. And I'm watching with my daughter and she's smiling and I'm like getting choked up because that's me. That's you before a holy God. We come to the Lord and we say, Jesus, will you have me? I have no dowry to pay. I have no standing. And Jesus says, yes, I gave all for you. So my question for you tonight is, will you have him? I think of Paul's words in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and I'm going to use Paul's words as my own on behalf of those that know and love Jesus this morning. Therefore, we, those of us who know and love Jesus tonight, are Christ's ambassadors. It's as if God is making his appeal through us. And so I and we, we plead with you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Why? Because Paul goes on, he says, he, God, made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might be reconciled to God. God the Father sent his son to be the world's savior, to be your savior. As we conclude, I'm going to ask us just for a moment to just bow our heads and close our eyes. You can do this at home as well. We'll just kind of have a moment of just quiet reflection. If you would close your eyes, bow your heads. I want to ask you explicitly tonight, my friends who maybe you don't know Jesus yet, have you felt the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart, prompting you to believe the message of the gospel? 
Have you been convinced in your soul, if not in your mind, that the message of Jesus come to die for you is absolutely true? And while maybe you've never been a religious person, that God has convinced you in the depths of your heart that you must cling to this message and to this Jesus with everything you've got and receive his forgiveness. If that describes you tonight, then I'd ask you to just quietly, as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if you just quietly raise your hand tonight, if that describes you. If you're at home at this point, please click the chat button, tell our online staff, that's me, I'm raising my hand. And I wanna pray with you I want to invite you tonight to trust in Jesus, not just as the world savior generally, but as your savior. So raise your hand tonight or click the chat button and tell our online team. I see that hand tonight. Amen. Amen. I want to pray and I'm going to pray words for you. I encourage you of your heart and your mind as we continue to keep our eyes closed and our heads bowed to just pray these words with me that you might begin your journey with Jesus tonight. Jesus, I come before you tonight. And God, I wanna begin my journey with you. Jesus, I reject, I throw away all the garbage of my life and of my past, all my attempts to be good enough, all the, the terrible things, all the things I don't want anybody to know about, Lord, I'm walking away from it. And I wanna turn and receive what you have done for me and giving your life for me at the cross and begin walking with you. God, I don't know everything that this means even exactly, but I know that what I've heard about Jesus tonight is exactly what I needed to hear and I wanna begin to walk with you. Will you have me? In Jesus' name, amen. If that's you tonight, please share with us after the service. Type something up in the, in the chat. Tell our online team, I prayed with Pastor Gary tonight. Come see us, talk to the people who brought you tonight. We wanna get you connected to the church, get you a Bible and get you plugged in. And we celebrate with you. We're gonna conclude our time tonight with a, a bit of a candlelight vigil of sorts. You can raise your heads and open your eyes at this time. And I'm gonna invite our staff and our ushers to come around and start lighting candles. You're gonna kind of have to help each other out here with this. In a moment, the band's gonna lead us in a couple of final carols. Understand that what we do now is a visual representation of Noel. We're proclaiming with these candles lit and these songs sung that Jesus came and died for us. And by the way, Christians have been doing this for centuries on Christmas Eve. And so we'll give you a minute to get those candles lit and then Johnny and Brandon will lead us.
Why don't we stand together very carefully? <laughs> Let's sing this together.
sure those of you at home, your living rooms and the places that you're gathered look as beautiful. And in fact, I want to encourage you as we close tonight, take a quick picture of your little crew at home, whether it be your family or even by yourself. If you want to take a selfie, whatever your scenario is, if you're joining us from home, throw it up on our Facebook wall. We'd love to see each other uh, tonight in the, uh, as we celebrate Christmas together. I want to remind you that if uh, you're new to the GBC community, we have services on Sunday at 9 and 1045 a.m. We'd love to have you join us there. You can also click the I'm New tab on our website and just get acquainted more with Groton Bible Chapel. And if you prayed with me tonight to receive Jesus as your Savior, please let us know through the web if you're at home or I'm going to hang around up front and I'd love to meet you and pray with you and get you connected tonight. And so from all of us at Groton Bible Chapel this evening, we want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. Have a wonderful Christmas Eve.